It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Coming up, which position do the Vikings need to address first and foremost in the NFL Draft, plus our very own live seven-round Vikings mock draft? It's all coming up next on the draft edition of the Football Party. Locked On Sports Minnesota Podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. It's time for the Minnesota Football Party. It's your guys hanging out talking next level Vikings football. So join in with Pro Football Network's Arif Hassan, Locked On Vikings Luke Braun, Superior Sports Talk's Luke Inman, and Vikings Insider Sam Ekstrom, plus the biggest names in Minnesota football for the Minnesota Football Party. And it starts now. Back in the lab, another edition of the Football Party on the Locked On Sports Minnesota Network, your daily breakdown of everything Minnesota Vikings, which you can now find streaming on your Roku and Amazon Fire Stick devices. Just look out for and download our Locked On Sports Minnesota app there as well. That's Sam Ekstrom on Twitter, at Sam Ekstrom, co-host of the Ron Johnson Show every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Sam. It's Tuesday today. That means I'm taking over. We're getting into our weekly draft edition of the football party. How are you feeling about that? I know you're used to being in the captain's chair. You're going to be able to handle this. You got a little FOMO going on. Or is this kind of nice for you to just kind of kick back and relax a little bit? I appreciate you taking the steering wheel once in a while. Like it, It's nice when sometimes you can sort of, you know, have your your spouse drive on a trip and you can kind of sit back, look at your phone and, you know, fiddle with the radio and listen to a podcast, kick your feet up on the dash. And uh, that that's what I, I think of uh, this show as, Luke. I'm just sitting back learning from you and occasionally chipping in some uh, some average opinion. I got to say, I just love these Tuesday draft episodes with you, man. Like just bounce all these Vikings ideas and options off you. Kind of got our own little local version of Kuiper and McShay we got going on here. And I do want to get into each position of need for the Vikings, really dive into which position is the biggest need for them in round one. And then later we'll get into that full seven round Vikings mock draft and some options I love for the team, not just in round one, but later on days two and three as well. But first, Remember, every day, posting a new poll over on that Lockdown Sports Minnesota YouTube page. Go smash the subscribe button. Leave us a comment. We're oh so close to hitting 5,000 subscribers, by the way. No big deal. And on Twitter, give us a follow. It's at LockdownMIN. Later on today, Sam, I haven't told you this. I'm going to go post what I think is kind of a fun one for a change over on the YouTube community page. And I've been thinking about... They're always uh, well, fun. This one's a little outside the box because I've been thinking <laughs> about this one since the Super Bowl ended. In fact, I was talking to my dad. He kind of flung this one up for me. And, and ever since then, I've just been stewing on this one a little bit mm-hmm. because we talk a lot about the greatest Super Bowl halftime shows. Obviously, Prince right there, kind of in a class among his own. But who had the best national anthem at the Super Bowl of all time? Because I got to tell you, Sam, Chris Stapleton, was absolutely tremendous. He just killed it. I didn't notice it the first time around. I had to go back and rewatch, but you got Nick Sirianni on the sidelines. He's just bawling, gushing like a schoolgirl, totally justified in my opinion, no judgment. And I just felt like he got a little overlooked, a little glossed over a little bit. So if you haven't watched that since the Super Bowl, 
go watch it. Go back and check that out because the guitar, the voice combo, it was just an absolute masterclass. And then I got to throw up Whitney Houston in there, 1991, Bill's Giants. She's like 27 at the time. Mm. Absolutely iconic. Just kind of etched herself in that moment in the cosmos of time, if you will, as one of the best ever national anthems from the Super Bowl. Whether you like Whitney or not, you, you've seen that one, right? Oh, yeah. That, and, and that when you said this, when you prompted this, that was the first one that came to mind as yes. the clear number one, sort of the prince of national mm-hmm. anthems. And, yeah. and to be honest, I think the halftime show almost always overshadows the anthem performer. Um, but there have been some dynamite renditions over the years. Now, didn't somebody in the last 10 years or so mess up the lyrics in, in the, the anthem? I think that happened. It did. It wasn't the Super Bowl. I thought was it, it at the Super Bowl though. You can't hate on Aguilera. <laughs> it was Aguilera. Of course. What are we doing? Wow. They should have known better. Was it the Super Bowl? Yes. Wow. Yes. I, I can't find exactly what her mistake was, but I that actually oh. rings a bell. I think that was correct. Aguilera. No, you're right. You're right. So Whitney's getting a lot of votes. Can't hate on her. And then I looked up some other top consensus ones. Just a quick Google search: Lady Gaga, Dixie Chicks, Mariah Carey. Faith Hill, all in the top discussion. And what's so ironic about that is back when cars used to have those five-disc CD changers before satellite radio and iPods and all that, that was actually Sam's five-disc rotation. Dixie Chicks, Faith Hill, Mariah Carey, Lady Gaga, and then you had Whitney Houston. Kind of depended on the day. I remember you always used to tell me like where they were at in the rotation. Big country guy. But Dixie Chicks was always in your top two in the rankings. Correct me if I'm right. Am I missing one? Kelly Clarkson, maybe? Beyonce? Yeah, I mean, you know, Diggs and Thielen, Thielen and Diggs, 1A, 1B, like kind of that kind of vibe right there. Actually, you seem like, you know, you seem like a big Counting Crows guy. I don't know why you just do, which not hating, they will. I can just see you jamming out to some Counting Crows on your way to class back in like 2006, you know, like 12 years after they were popular. I, I was, I don't know if this is in the same genre, probably not at all. Breaking Benjamin was a mm. big one, I, like mm. legitimately. Yeah. No jokes. Breaking Sneaky Benjamin, good. big jam back in the mid 2000s. Sneaky good. Never made it to like, you know, top 10 charts or super mainstream. But the people who know Breaking Benjamin love Breaking Benjamin. Point is, though, go check out that Locked On Minnesota YouTube page. Smash the subscribe button. Go get your vote in later on. Go comment. Let us know what you think. Who was your favorite Super Bowl national anthem of all time? All right. Coming up. We're debating which position is the biggest priority for the Vikings front office in round one come draft night. But first, in today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel, the official sports book of Lockdown. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Lockdown today to get started. Plus, don't forget, you can now find us streaming on your Roku or Amazon Fire Stick devices. Just look out for it and download our Lockdown Sports Minnesota app there as well. All right, Sam, speaking of Super Bowls, we talked about last week, we talked a lot about the blueprint, the Chiefs and the Eagles laid out for the rest of the league, how to thrive in the league nowadays, and how the Vikings can maybe learn a thing or two this upcoming offseason. And I see two teams that, first and foremost, Eagles-Chiefs, built through the trenches. Because at the end of the day, that's where this whole game is still won and lost. And so I want to go over just the top three or four position groups the Vikings could go in round one, kind of assess it, look at the current roster and landscape, and then give it, you know, like a one to 10 grade on how important is it that they address that position early on in the draft. And when we look at this draft coming up, obviously free agency, always a big part in all of this. But the Vikings trench play as it stands now, let's just look at the offense real quick. I think we all agree. 
three, it's going to be awfully tough to justify selecting another interior offensive lineman with your first pick this year with so many other pressing needs. You tried a first on Bradbury, who, you know, he could be back with the team next year, arguably his best season in 2022. But then he also just used a second rounder on a guard in Ed Ingram. So you can't cut bait on him yet. Obviously, you just got to roll with it. Hope you can develop him later on. And I think as much as I love the idea of like a John Michael Schmitz from the Gophers or Steve Avila from TCU, they just can't be your first pick, right? That's really tough to justify, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think you're right about that. Uh, you got to have some idea of positional value. Mm-hmm. I think that Quazy of all GMs probably has that um, that idea. Um, although you would argue that guard is not incredibly high positional value, and they took a guard in the second round in Quazy's first year. So maybe not entirely tied. Um, to that, he's probably just looking for good players. Uh, that being said, I would be surprised if John Michael Schmitz was the pick, unless Luke, there's you know a trade back involved and they amass some more picks and they move back to the second and he sits in their lap. Like I think there's a scenario, but probably not at 23. Yeah, I think you nailed it because not only is it an awfully tough sell to the fan base to get excited about another first-round center or guard, but also are you really getting great positional value drafting another interior lineman in the first round? I think you're right. doesn't really feel like it. Now, addressing that later on, absolutely. But in round one, I just don't think the Vikings have that luxury, unfortunately. So I'm going to give it... I'm going to give it a three out of 10. I just don't think they can go that direction unless something wild and crazy happens. A huge trade down into the forties or fifties. You get a bunch of picks back, future picks, everything else. Then maybe I could see it. But in round one, as it stands now, pick 23, I'm going to give it a three out of 10. And I say that too, because, you know, I was the one who really hyped up John Michael Schmitz after that killer senior bowl week. But the more I think about it, so many other pressing needs right now, especially with Brian Flores coming in. I do think that changed a few things, especially the priority they want to go in the direction early on on defense. So I'm going to go three out of 10. What about you? Yeah, I think I would go, I'll go over, I'll go 3.5 on the number that you set. I just think that um, that is, it is a position of need. And it is a player that I think could play right away. And when your window is is tighter, Kirk Cousins in his last year or two, we think, with the Vikings, and you want to have someone who can protect him like right away, that might be the guy. It might no, be it, a good win now win now pick. And you're right. Like, let's quit drafting for need. Just go BPA. Who's the best, highest graded player on your board? If it's John Michael Schmitz, then so be it. Go take him. That's fine. You know, we can find ways to justify that after draft weekend is over. We see you address the defense on days two and three as well. John Michael Schmitz, I think, is going to be a heck of a player. Very pro ready. Would help Kirk a lot. Let's flip over to the defensive line because this is a position I really could see them going after. And to be honest, Sam, this is the position I want them to target the most. Cornerback, wide receiver, we'll get into all that here in a minute. But defensive line, I believe, is still where you win the game at the end of the day. Because no matter how good these young quarterbacks get, and no matter how dynamic and electric these passing attacks are in the league, if you can disrupt the passer, even a Hall of Fame quarterback will tell you, It makes life miserable back there in the pocket. It disrupts the timing and the tempo of the game. And, you know, we talked about Delvin Tomlinson. He's a free agent on the Ron Johnson show this morning. That's going to have a huge ripple effect on their draft plans, whether he comes back or not. But even if he does, you've got him and Harrison Phillips, and that's about it. 
Tonga has been a nice story as that early run stuffer on first and second down, but you need more than that, Sam. You just do. You need a full rotation of guys to deploy on first, second, and third down. The Eagles, talking about blueprints, they had a nine-man rotation they used, and it worked. I mean, they led the league in sacks by 20-plus and that means you got to have guys who excel at one or two specific things. So honestly, I'm at like an 8.8 out of 10. That's how much I'd be banging the table for Quasi to pull the trigger on the defensive trenches in round one so you can build exactly what the Eagles and Chiefs had. And don't forget, Brian Flores, we've mentioned this a few times, two out of three years he was head coach in Miami. He went defensive line with his first round pick too. So it's not always this cornerback early and often for him like the stereotype would seem. And I don't know about you, but those few losses the Vikings had last year, like versus Dallas, for example, all I remember is they just got bullied up and down the field all day and it started in the trenches on the defensive line. And after watching that, it was just really clear they needed more big bodies and talent to survive mm -hmm. against some of the league's best offenses. Your thoughts just on the position and then your ranking. Yeah, so the defensive line pipeline for the Vikings has been weak now for a handful of years. Mm -hmm. um, the best teams have six or seven they can trust. And the Vikings have always been, it seems like, teetering on the edge of disaster. They've been one or two injuries away from having nobody. And in 2020, that happened. They had nobody. Last year, they stayed pretty healthy and they kind of survived. And still, it felt like they were a little bit, you know, punchless when they lost Dalvin Tomlinson in there. So I am all about adding depth to that position. I'm probably not an 8.8, .8, which I think you said. I'm about a 7.5. But I think that the time is right this year with the way the board is going to work out that there's going to be ample edge or even interior options right at 23. That feels like a rich part of the draft to me, maybe a little more on edge than interior, but you've got Cancy and Bressy, who we've talked about on this show. Um, but you know the guy that I'm kind of falling in love with a little bit, Luke? Now tell me if this would be a mistake at 23. Maybe it's too early. I love Andre Carter, the small school mm -hmm. guy from Army. And I did some digging into Andre Carter. Andre Carter the second, to be specific. You know, you wonder with these small school guys, how do they perform against bigger schools when they play? Well, I went back to his 2021 season. So not 2022. 2022 was great. 2021 might have even been a little better for Carter. And he was great against Missouri and Wisconsin. Maybe the two biggest schools on their uh, season schedule had a sack in each of those games. Eight pressures combined, five run stops, his highest graded games of the year, or at least two of the top, you know, three or five Andre Carter uh, was feeling it against like power five schools. So I'm kind of in love with him a little bit. He's a bit of a draft crush for me. Would 23 be too early for him? It may be. We'll see how the combine. remember the the combine and pro days. It shouldn't, but it has such a huge ripple effect and influences so many GMs and scouts and coaches on these prospects. And we see guys just fly up the boards. I'm very interested to see Carter's athletic testing because not only is he six foot six, he's got a six foot ten wingspan, looks like a windmill flying off blockers and into the backfield. But he was a tight end slash receiver in high school coming out. Didn't receive any offers. Then he moves the linebacker over at West Point Academy. And you mentioned the 2021 season. This always sticks out to me. He was tied with Aiden Hutchinson 
as the number one pass rushing grade per PFF in the country. Obviously, Hutchinson goes second overall. He trailed only Will Anderson from Alabama, who's going to be a top five pick for the most sacks in the country in 2021 with 15 and a half. So a little bit quieter 2022 campaign. He only played nine games, but I think he's going to boost his stock come combine. And right now he's being talked about a top 50 pick. If he crushes the combine, like a lot of people think he will, Maybe 23 doesn't seem so unrealistic. So I'm glad you brought him up. I've really fallen in love with him. You got to bring up Cansey, though, from Pitt. I mean, that guy's a stud. You mentioned it. We talked about him last week. Don't worry about the short stature. He uses that to his favor. Wins with that low pad level. Strong as an ox. Rips past those offensive linemen consistently. And his tape versus Tennessee. You just talked about Carter versus top-level competition. Kansas tape versus Tennessee was incredible and in that he was going up against one of the better blocking units in the entire country and just put on a clinic. I think he had three sacks that day, three and a half tackles for loss, but 17 sacks in the last two years, almost 30 tackles for loss. The guy just lives in the backfield and just is impacting the game. Like we talked about the Chiefs and the Eagles kind of laid out that blueprint. You need interior pass rushers and Dalvin Tomlinson, whether they bring him back or not, I want a guy in the middle that can get after the quarterback and get into the backfield. Vikings got the edge rushers. They got Harrison Phillips and Dalvin Tomlinson. They need a guy, though, that just specializes in getting after the quarterback at that defensive tackle position. And Kansi, to be honest, he may not even be there because he's flying up the boards ever since Mel Kuyper put him in the top 10 to Philly like three, four weeks ago. Kind of woke some people up on him. But if he's still there at 23, I personally, I'd be awfully excited about him. You brought up Brian Brzee from Clemson. He's another option, kind of flying under the radar a little bit. Outstanding sophomore season. He was being mocked in the top five, top 10. Kind of back-to-back quieter years, but maybe not all his fault. Had a weird kidney issue, had a tragedy in the family off the field. So you got to give him a pass, but will he fall to the Vikings at 23? Maybe. Two other names I just want to bring up. Then we'll move on to cornerback. Mazzy Smith from Michigan. Remember that name, just a monster, six foot three, 337 pounds, basically 340. More your prototypical height, weight, speed guy for that position with more of the tools that I'm thinking about Brian Flores. What's he probably going to like? He's going to like a guy like this. Doesn't have the pass rushing moves like Cansey, but he's just an absolute tank. I mean, he's just a, a hog in the middle. And if Tomlinson does end up walking, they need that money to use elsewhere. All of a sudden, Sam, there's a huge hole in the middle, and the Vikings have almost no choice but to take a guy like Mazzy Smith or Cansey early on. Maybe you trade down, scoop up some extra picks first, but Smith all of a sudden becomes a you know a, a top-tier option. Maybe it's not option A, but option B or C, if that's the case. Two more quick ones, maybe trade down candidates. Keanu Benton from Wisconsin. He stole the show at the Senior Bowl. Another pass rushing specialist you'd love in the middle with that Chris Jones comparison. So that makes all the sense in the world when you think about how do we formulate a Chiefs blueprint that they had. And then Gervon Dexter from Florida. He made Bruce Feldman's freak list. Six foot six, three thirteen. He almost looks like a Javion Clowney. When you just look at the size and the frame and the way he's just standing there, the way he can move for such a big man. He played in the middle a lot at Florida. I think he'd be a force in the middle, but he's a guy who just with his athletic ability that moves around like a clowny, he gives Flores a lot of versatility. And again, I know Flores covets the guys that can move around. So just to recap, can't see at the top for me. Best pass rushing defensive tackle in the class. Then after them, maybe a trade back. Benton from Wisconsin. Mazzy Smith from Michigan. More of the tank in the middle. 
Gervin Dexter from Florida, just massive height, weight, speed guys, all the tools. I think Flores is really going to fall in love with just intriguing options again, because of the versatility line them up all over. Any other names you just want to fling out that maybe if they're not even round one guys, if the Vikings do trade back that you find intriguing. Yeah, I'll, I'll just piggyback on you because I don't have anyone new, but I like Keanu Benton a lot. I, yeah. I think Benton is, yeah. it, it seems like there's a wealth of really versatile defensive line guys. Like as as football becomes more and more positionless, like I mean, we see this happening with, you know, safeties that can play nickel and linebackers that can cover, right? And defensive ends that can like drop in pass coverage. It's always becoming more positionless. And mm-hmm. Benton feels like that guy that can play in like a lot of gaps. He can play over the tackle. Um, and I think that can't, you know, can't see, and certainly, uh, you know, Brissy fit that bill where they can kind of play all over the defensive line and, and the college stats would back that up on Benton played some a gap, played some B gap. Um, he, he's going to be able to, to move around that line, which I like and I want, um, whereas Mazzy Smith, that that's your big boy, probably playing a lot of nose, 340 pounds, same with Ika, the Baylor kid. Mm-hmm. Um, I like maybe going a little lighter with this uh, with this pick because I think you can get big noses in a lot of different ways in the league, um, you know, in free agency and whatnot. But Benton seems like someone who can get after the passer. And also you got Tonga too. So at least there's a backup plan on first and second down with that nose tackle. But you brought him up. Nobody's talking about Brzee anymore. And every year there's just a big name or two that you just watch. He's not sexy. Right in your lap. He's, He's just not like sexy. Cool. His stock is pointing down just because he, again, coming off two goofy years that I don't know if a lot of people are going to say was all his fault. And this year, if I had to guess, he's a guy who could drop further than his talent would indicate and mm-hmm. could be awfully tempting for Kwesi at 23. All right, moving on, cornerback, maybe the position everyone penciled in right when we heard, oh, Brian Flores is running the defensive show next year. And I get it. Vikings do not have a lot to play with in that department. It's an awfully important position to run that scheme. So it wouldn't shock me by any means. I don't think anyone would even be mad about it if, if they went cornerback in that direction in round one. So I'll go six, I'll say six and a half out of 10. And the only reason I'm not higher is because it is such a loaded class of cornerbacks this year so i really feel like the value where you win the draft is rounds three four and five where now you're getting guys who any other year would have went two rounds higher and you're getting great value so i can't knock it if they just love a guy they got to pull the trigger at 23 but to win draft weekend from a value perspective i'd rather wait as risky as it sounds and take advantage of this loaded class and you know real quick too before I get your take on this, we talked to Arif and Luke Brown last week, remember, to run the Flores scheme and send the house and the zero blitzes. What are we looking for? We're looking for guys who excel in man coverage and more specifically off man coverage. I assume to be press man coverage. No, off man coverage. That makes sense because when Flores has everyone at and up around the line of scrimmage, you don't know who's coming, who's going. You look at the DBs, they're all 8, 10, 12 yards off the line of scrimmage. Basically, the way to think about it, I think about Trey Waynes every single snap of his Vikings career. Remember all those years? Every down, you look at Trey Waynes, he's given 12 yards of cushion. That's what Flores wants when he sends those blitzes on third and long. And I just kind of wanted to clarify, just so our listeners, you know, that start looking at all the mock drafts and the player profiles, we're looking for cornerbacks who thrive in the man coverage one way or another, but off man coverage, probably the most. So six and a half out of 10 for me in round one, Sam, for cornerback. How about you? How serious do you think they need to be drafting a quarterback with their first pick, one to 10? 
Yeah, see, you you lay it out well that because it's such a deep class this year, you could probably get away with waiting. I just think in in terms of raw need, I think it's an eight point five. Now that doesn't mean that they need to go that way. We've we've explained why there's a lot of other directions they can go, but I think it is probably the neediest position. And we talked about this on the Ron Johnson show. It feels a little bit like 2020 when it was Gladney the rookie and Dantzler the rookie and Holton Hill and Mike Hughes going in, into the year. And right now it's Booth, Evans, Dantzler. Um, it's it's not a very wealthy you know group of corners right now. So I think corner is pretty important. I there's one name that I don't think we've talked about on this show that I want to ask you about. Um, Deontay Banks, Maryland, 6'2", 205, injured in 2021, shoulder injury ended his year, big bounce back in 2022. He's on PFF's big board. I think he's in the top 30, uh, might be around at 23. What do you know about Deontay Banks? Because I'm kind of intrigued by his profile. Yeah, I actually got him and Tyreek Stevenson on my list of guys that if they don't trade back and a guy like Joey Porter Jr., who I absolutely love, is probably long gone at that point. Deontay Banks and Tyreek Stevenson, because they excel in man coverage, they're these bigger body, longer guys. And every time I've watched them play, they're quick. Their hips are quick. They got quick feet and they can keep up with these guys deep down the field. And that's what you need in the NFL if you're going to run these zero blitzes. So Deontay Banks, the size, the speed and the tape so far. And Tyreek Stevenson from Miami, who was down at the senior bowl. I think a lot of people were impressed. Those were guys who were kind of getting lost in the shadows a little bit. Cam Smith from South Carolina, Keely Ringo from Georgia, uh, Emmanuel Forbes from Mississippi State, Clark Phillips from Utah. There's tons of them. Devin Witherspoon, Illinois, he'll be long gone. But Banks and Stevenson kind of got lost in the mix more. A top 50, top 60 picks. Now, all of a sudden, when you bring in the Brian Flores scheme and you just need man cover guys, Banks or Stevenson, I think could make a lot of sense. Now, again, Joey Porter Jr., that's my guy, probably not going to last to 23. He's got yeah. the NFL genes that I love. His dad was a machine, who you remember, for the Steelers all those years. I think that's worth its weight in gold. I mean, growing up at the dinner table with your dad explaining different schemes and techniques and all the insider info, other kids don't get that. He's feisty, too, just like his dad, so I love that. But you look at the teams, too, and I want your take on this. The team's drafting before the Vikings. We talk cornerback, cornerback, cornerback. New England at 14, Green Bay, Washington, Pittsburgh, Detroit, Tampa, Seattle, Chargers. That is eight legitimate teams who could all easily go cornerback and no one yeah. would bat an eye. So goes back to, again, the value of playing the board. If there's a mini run on those guys right before you pick, it just doesn't really make me feel like I'm winning the draft just by forcing that pick. And, you know, I'm not maximizing the value of the board at that point. And at that point, I think you wait yeah. on corner. I think maybe you can even get Stevenson or Banks later on if you do trade down, maybe somewhere in the second. And maybe you double dip on cornerback on days two and three. You get two guys that you really like, but use that first pick then on a defensive lineman, defensive tackle, maybe an edge rusher. You like Andre Carter, whoever it may be, but don't reach. Stay true to the board, and I think you'll come out all right after draft weekend. So I'm glad you brought those guys up. Cam Smith, Keely Ringo, I see, gets mocked to the Vikings a lot. 
Hmm. A little underwhelming, to be honest, when I watch the tape. Ringo's tall. He's six foot two. He's fast. He's going to run the four fours. So there's plenty to work with. But man, I mean, these guys got burned a lot on intermediate and deep routes last year. And that's not, again, to say Flores couldn't mold them and develop their techniques. But I like Stevenson and Bakes a lot more just from pure coming in from college to being a rookie year one in the NFL and being able to at least understand and run that man coverage, whether it's press or off coverage, not feeling like he's going to be just completely lost in the woods. I, I like the transition. I think it's a lot smoother for those two guys. That's Final hard. thoughts on any of those names, any other guy you like, or just this you know position group in general. I think we've all established if they go corner in round yeah. one, we're fine with it. Hopefully it's a guy we're excited about. Maybe it's a guy that falls in our lap like Porter Jr. or Witherspoon or Christian Gonzalez. Hopefully it's a guy we all think makes a lot of sense in man coverage. I'm sure it will be, but this is a loaded class. And who knows what the Sam, if they just signed one starter, not a Pro Bowl guy, not a Marcus Peters, but one starter at cornerback in the free agency, how much better would you feel going into draft night about passing on a quarterback in round one? I mean, is it literally just, does one guy make you feel that much better? Because all of a sudden you're bringing in a veteran with the rest of those young guys? Yeah, I, mean, I think it does. Because yeah, at, do at the cornerback position, you're not necessarily rotating like you are on the defensive line where you actually are going to play seven, eight guys a game. I mean, at corner, if you've got one guy that can lock down one side of the field, then you cross your fingers on Dantzler, that he stays healthy, find a cheap slot. And if you're not expecting your rookie draft pick to start, it just puts you in such a better position. These guys should never be expected to be, even first-round picks should not be banked on, written in pen into your starting lineup. Uh, most, Pretty much every draft pick, unless you're picking in the top five or ten, almost every draft pick in this league needs a little bit of time to season. And uh, I don't think the Vikings should expect, and I think Kwesi knows this, they shouldn't expect their first-round pick at that stage in the draft to be an instant impact. All right, Sam, no denying it. It's a pass-happy league. Shoot them out. Run up the score league. Who's got the ball last kind of thing now? That Super Bowl we just watched, 73 points in it. Tells me everything I need to know. Do the Vikings need to flip the script here and just double down on wide receiver and get Justin Jefferson a running mate next to TJ Hawkinson? Like When we look back in four or five years, is this the point we say, man, they should have just invested on offense. It got with times because we'll get into it here in a second, but I promise you there's going to be some awfully fun, exciting talents at wideout staring them in the face when they're on the clock at pick 23, if that's the direction they want to go. What's your thoughts on that? Well, I, I like doubling down on offense, and maybe you say to yourself, okay, let's be realistic. We're losing some guys on defense probably. we I mean, Peterson – Tomlinson likely gone. They're free agents now. Might have to cut a couple others. We're not going to have an instant resurrection here. Like maybe Flores gets us to 25th or 22nd, but we where we can really double down is offense. We can be a top five offense and just outscore people. I think that that's a legitimate approach to take. And hey, having an explosive offense is a heck of an, a, a panacea to fix your defense because suddenly you're playing from ahead. You can blitz more. You can play more freely on defense. Teams get more one-dimensional against you. Get the pass rush going. So that is actually a pretty good way to enhance your defense, right, when, when your offense is that good. Um, so I've got a guy who I'm totally in love with, and I need you to talk me off the ledge why the Vikings shouldn't take him at 23. And no, it's not even Addison. I know Addison's been mocked to them, and I love Addison. I mean, I think Addison's unbelievable. I think he's gone, though. 
at 23. You know who I think is going to be there at 23? And you'll have to tell me why this doesn't make sense. Josh Downs is, I think, going to be a star. Now, he's not exactly highly regarded in terms of a first-round talent. And something tells me that's going to change. Because when you look at his production, I mean, he, what, he's been a starter for two years in the ACC. 1,000-plus yards both years in the shorter college season, nonetheless. Contested catch monster. Despite his size, like 5'10", 175, contested catch monster. 13 of 18 last year. Yards per route run is great. Um, maybe he's profiled a little more as a slot guy, and that's why people think he's not going to be a, like a first-round pick. I love Josh Downs. So tell me about your your take on this guy, because I might have a, a major draft crush going on. Yeah, I'm going to get into Downs here in a second. First, just a, a broad overview. Going receiver okay. if that's the draft. I don't think it's as hard of a sell to fans or like case to make as we think it is. Like, there's no questioning. You can't deny it. The holes on defense feel like they're just never ending. I mean, if it's not just the starters, it's investing in young guys to take over for these aging veterans. List goes on and on. And because of that, there's really no one position or player they pick in round one that makes you feel like, oh, all their problems are solved now. Even if I got a guy like Joey Porter Jr., who I love. Does it make me feel that much? How much does it move the needle in just the Vikings defense just in general? I don't know. Probably not that much. We don't know what's going on with Adam Thielen. And to be honest, just where he's at in his career, it's awfully tempting just to hit the reset button on wide receiver two, get a younger, faster playmaker next to J.J. and Hawk. And I just keep looking at the Eagles, man. And not only them, but other teams that are just so successful, like the Bengals, when you got these three guys. Like, you can't ask a defense to stop Jamar Chase and then T. Higgins on one side and the other, or A.J. Brown, and then Devontae Smith, and then Dallas Goddard up the scene. Like, how are you realistically supposed to stop that trio for four quarters, week in and week out? And the Chiefs didn't stop it, by the way. They couldn't. They just happened to have the ball last. Eagles put up, what, 35 points. So I just think looking at the landscape of the league now, the direction it's headed, if you can build an elite offense You'll always have a chance to win with the way the rules are made and the way the game is played. Every year you look at the Super Bowl teams and they're always up there in offensive firepower. It's just not a defense wins you championship league anymore. And I'm not saying that it doesn't matter, but it doesn't impact it like it used to, Sam. Like, like look at the like Rams every 15 last year. years. Every 15 totally. years, a defense comes along, like the 85 Bears, totally. 2000 Ravens, 2015 Broncos. Yes. But it's so rare. Like, that's why we, we remember those teams. I yes. guess the Bucks in 02, like, there a couple times it happens. It's mm -hmm. pretty rare that a defense carries you to a title. Yeah. And, and look at the Rams last year. Didn't they kind of sneak into the playoffs or they were a lower seed? Didn't really get hot, though, and hit their stride until they brought in OBJ right at the end. Like, that kind of saved it for him being mm -hmm. able to have multiple options cooper cup obj good running game he got stafford slinging around so as much as i think we just talk about drafting a wide receiver in round one as it like being this crazy luxury for the team i think we got to start to change that mindset leading up to the draft and understand that nowadays it's just like having two wide receivers is is truly as important as any other position like a cornerback like a defensive tackle, if not even more. I wanted to fling out a couple names, but let's talk about Josh Downs. My guy. My guy, so Josh. You, do you want to know if it's a mirage? Are you just seeing things that maybe aren't there? Are you kind of so what's the buying knock? in? Here's the I, thing, man. EFF has him at 40, yep. 40 on their big board. Tell me why he's not higher. 
All right. Well, I'll just say that Josh Downs is an absolute stud. Yes. He's a stud. And and you brought it up. Here's the thing. He's going to get overlooked because everybody wants the big alpha number one big body to go up and get it. And that's why Quentin Johnston from uh, TCU, he's going to be the number one wide receiver taken. Mm -hmm. Can't beat it. The wingspan, the arm length, the height. He's got the whole thing. Josh Downs is coming in at what? And I got to look it up just so I don't mistake it. Five Five foot ten, buck seventy five. Those kind of guys get viewed as a gadget type of player, like a Zay Flowers, for example, and they get looked at like a wide receiver three. Can you ever be a boundary type of guy? But you just nailed what makes him different and special. He is a contested catch freak. I don't care that he's five foot ten. Nobody cared that Justin Jefferson was as short as he was and still was able to go up and win those 50-50 balls at LSU, and it translated to the NFL. That's what makes Justin Jefferson so special on top of everything else. Josh Downs can go up and get it, and despite that smaller frame at five foot ten, we'll see how short the arms are and the wingspan at the combine. Sounds silly, Sam, but it could move him from the second round to the bottom of the first. It really could. But the five foot ten, one seventy-five frame. It's just going to be tough for teams to stare at Quentin Johnston and Jordan Addison, a Bolitnikoff Award winner, and Jalen Hyatt, a little bit bigger, going to run in the four threes, another Bolitnikoff Award winner, and Jackson Smith from Ohio State, the next Ohio State freak to come out and just transition so smoothly to the NFL. It's not so much a hit on downs, Sam. It's just more the group right now as we look at it. Okay. I think teams are just leaning in on the experience, the route running, the pedigree, and the competition that you know guys like Addison, at USC and Jalen Hyatt, guys like those played during their career. But Josh Downs, make no mistake, you are not wrong. Josh Downs got the goods, man. The body control to go up and get it, the strong hands, speed manipulations there. He's a baller. And I just love how the four games that I watched a few weeks ago, he was able to, just in tight spaces, create this separation that shouldn't have been there. So I think he's a great pick. If they picked him, I don't know if he's going to be viewed as a boundary guy, but I think he should be. And I think he could mm-hmm. be a wide receiver too, just like Adam Thielen to replace him. And you still got KG Osborne there as wide receiver three. I'd be awfully excited about him. We'll see how the combine goes. Jalen Hyatt from Tennessee, Jordan Addison from USC. Those are the guys I had written down just to fling out and give fans and listeners some names to jot down. You're right. Addison could be gone. We'll see. Jackson Smith. They're all around that 15 to 25 range though right now, Sam. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that there's a lot of good options and there's going to be available wide receivers at 23. And I think I've said this before on the show, but I'll reiterate um, fans might be in another position to have their heart broken uh, in Christian Watson or Jamison Williams type fashion if they trade back because they might be giving up on someone like that. And if the Steelers want to like, you know, wide receiver you over there in Pittsburgh, if they want to swoop in and get their next big star wide receiver and trade up uh, with the Vikings, then, yeah, Vikings fans could be upset again. I just want to caution people because that could happen. No, I'm glad you said it. I'm still bummed about not only missing on Kyle Hamilton, but the fact they didn't get some future picks, let alone a first from drafting from 12 to 32. All you got was a third-round pick, and you moved up 12 spots in the second round? Are you nuts? Are you out of your mind? (laughs) And then you took a safety anyways? Just take the number one safety in Kyle Hamilton. No disrespect to Lewis Seen. Think he's going to be a baller. Think he's going to be great. I still think they came out with, when we look back in five years, a pretty solid draft class. I know it doesn't seem like it now, but 
I'm giving Quasia a pass in his first draft because maybe the lights were a little too bright. Maybe that seat was a little too big for him. He better figure it out this year if he is going to move back and get what a lot of people mm-hmm. think is fair compensation. All right, last one needs to be discussed. We've already talked about a lot on this show, but it's part of the offseason. I mean, we got to throw all the cards out on the table, have an honest discussion. Sam, the Vikings have only drafted four quarterbacks in the first or second round since 1980. Four early quarterbacks in 42 years. That's one every 10 and a half years. That's insane when you really think about it. Like, do we got to stop the madness here? Do we need to find the next guy? Let me count them up. So Ponder, T-Jack, Culpepper, Teddy, and Dante. So really it's, yeah. So it's four from 1999. And then apparently none in the previous 20 years. Is that? I guess that's what happened. Uh, right. All right. So, so do, I, they, I mean, do they need one? Is that what you're asking? Well, do we need to find the next guy in line? Not to come and start. You got Kirk on a contract, but mm-hmm. there's only two options. You either invest in the young quarterback like the league shows you you should do, get him on a rookie deal, or we know Kirk Cousins by now is a guy who needs his surroundings to be pretty perfect. So do you use every single pick to surround him with as much talent as possible, whether that's offense or making his defense better? Uh-huh. Well, so we're talking about the first round pick only. Yes. I think it's, yep. I think it's a three on it. I don't think this okay. is the right year for it. Like now, unless you want to do a big Mahomesian trade up, send, send all the resources toward getting the guy. If you think sure. it's the right guy, then that that's one thing. I don't know if 23 is the right spot. Like that feels a little pondery where you're probably getting the fifth guy on the board. And there's just, there's just a huge gap after Richardson's going to go. I mean, so, and, I don't want to. I'm sure you have an overview you, you want to give here, but I'm I'm seeing Tanner McKee as the fifth quarterback on PFF's big board. I, I I did my digging on Tanner McKee. I don't know what he does well, so you would have to tell me. But that if they took the fifth quarterback in this draft, that feels like a loss to me. So I would rather just find find someone in the mid rounds, develop them, make them a backup, see if they can turn into something. The next, you know, I don't know, the next Brock Purdy, someone who can move a little bit. Um, and you you love the kid from Tennessee, but uh, tell tell me if the first it, does it feel like there's going to be anyone there late in the first? Well, yeah, I mean you're right. Like Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, all long gone, and more than likely Anthony Richardson from Florida too. But I'm I'm falling in love. I mean, early in the process right now with Hendon Hooker. I, I get okay. it. He's old. He'll be 25. He's coming off the ACL. But that's the only reason he would still even be there at 23, which would maybe be a gift from the draft gods because any other draft, if he was healthy or say 22 years old instead, I think it'd be a locked top 10 pick any day of the week. I really do. People are sleeping on him because of the injury, because he's older, and because there's four other flashy names in front of him. Kind of like Josh Downs. It's easy to get lost in the mix when you got other guys in your peer circle that are kind of stealing the spotlight, so to speak. So I know this is a conversation for another day, but I beg guys listening at home to just start warming up to the idea of taking a swing on the next young quarterback for the future and follow that Eagles and Chiefs blueprint. That's what this is all about because Jalen Hurts was no sure thing, but look how they developed him. They surround him with talent. Mahomes was far from a lock when the Chiefs drafted him in, what, 2017? After guys like Mitch Trubisky and Deshaun Watson, I'm just saying, why can't the Vikings get mm-hmm. on board and do something similar and groom the next guy in line? Because, I mean, 
you'll never have the new, young, flashy, fun quarterback on a cheap rookie deal unless you take a swing. You got to take a gamble eventually. Hendon Hooker, if he's even there at 23, think he'd be an ideal guy to play with KOC in this offense next to Jefferson, Hawkinson, and some others. I really do. But, you know, to your point, I'm not against if we're in this discussion and idea of let's go get a quarterback then maybe you do just got to trade the farm, pull a Mike Dicka for Ricky Williams. You remember that draft where he traded every pick and moved up to go get Ricky Williams? I'm not yeah. saying they got to go that far, Sam, yeah. but maybe you do package some picks and go up and get one of those big four quarterbacks. Time has come, moment you've all been waiting for. Let's get into our live Viking seven-round mock draft. Sam's going to pull up a draft simulator for us today. I think we're using PFF. By the way, love those guys over there. All the work they do, amazing draft content. If you haven't checked them out already, go do so. We're both going to be in the war room here, Sam. I'm going to tell Sam just my thought process with each pick, pending how the board falls. But Sam, you're going to have ultimate authority. You're going to have final say which direction we go. You're the GM. You get to hand in the card. Let's get into it. Let's get the mindset here. It's draft night, April 27th. Adrenaline is at an all-time high. We've been studying these guys for seven, eight months. People's jobs, they know it. They're on the line. And there's a future class of Vikings Hall of Famers in here somewhere. We just got to go find them. They're there. So when you're ready, push that button. Let the board fall as it may. Let's get started. Okay. Bing. Da-da-da-da. On the clock, the Minnesota Vikings. Two of your guys. 23. They're both there. Two of your guys. Deontay Banks and Andre Carter. Whoa, wait a minute. Should we trade Dalvin Cook and get B. John Robinson here? Now, in PFF, by the way, it's just such a fun simulator. You can trade guys like Dalvin and get a fourth and Thielen for a fourth. Let's look at our trade options here. So let's go Vikings 23 uh, because we need some extra picks here. Just for the fans at home, we got to make this worth their while. Let's click on 26. We're not going to be able to get 58 with it, but click 26. Can we get okay, 90? So, so this is the cut for the listeners. So this is the Cowboys that we're trying to trade with, and we're trying to get their third round pick and move back three spots. And we can get, I think, even one more. Let's try pick 129. Their third and fourth for moving back three spots. Ooh, PFF says a 46% chance to be accepted. Try it. Let's just offer Jerry Jones. Right. Maybe he's feeling frisky tonight. Let's just see if it happens. Big money. Oh, we got Jerry it. Jones. Okay, so just an he example, though, maybe not super realistic, Sam, but it is something to go off of. Just an example, moving back a couple spots in the first round, getting that extra. No, you're not going to get a second, but get that extra third and change. We got a third and a late fourth here. You watch now. This draft is going to unfold a lot nicer. So let's resume the draft, see who we missed right. out on in those three picks. Let, and and a quick, quick update on the board as it falls here. So picks just before the Vikings at 23, we had Porter off the board, Brissee off the board, um, Smith and Jigba off the board, Jordan Addison. So some big names going off here. So we're resuming three more picks before the Vikings. Who did I hope Jerry Jones takes the running back. I hope he took Bijan Robinson. Well, just you know, have enough running Robinson, back problems there already. Yeah, he's the wild card of the entire draft because he's a top five talent, maybe top three. He is special. He's blue chip. He's Saquon Barkley, maybe plus some. But you just don't draft running backs in the first round. So question is, who's going to be the team that pulls the trigger on a running back in the first round? And a lot of people think Cowboys could let Zeke go. Pollard's a free agent. Maybe they just hit the reset button with B. John Robinson, a Texas boy already. Resume the draft. Let's see our options here, Sam. Here we go. Uh, Cowboys take, oh, they took Carter, and the Jaguars took Banks. Wow. I am furious right now. So the board, 
as it stands, best available, two tight ends. We don't want a tight end. Michael Mayer from Notre Dame, stud. Dalton Kincaid from Utah. B. John Robinson still sitting, staring at us here, Sam. Don't think we can pull the trigger on that, though, can we? The note and the quarterback that I don't like, Tanner McKee. No, pass on that. Keep going. Keep okay, going. Anton Harris tackle Will McDonald. I don't know much about him. Edge that that might be a, a sneaky option. I loved the board a lot more before we traded down. But hey, yeah, Stevenson's there. Mazzy Smith I like a lot. B.J. Ojolari, yeah. Josh Downs. Can we trade down one more time? At this point, we kind of uh, missed yeah. out on our top tier guys. Yep. So we got to mm-hmm. go to thirty two. Let's go to thirty two and see if we can't get pick eighty and one twenty. So we're trading down with the Steelers out of the first round. Remember, the Steelers got that extra second-round pick from Chicago for Chase Claypool. Go ahead and offer that trade, Sam. Okay, PFF says no. What if we? What if we just added our pick one seventy-seven, our last pick here? All right. Let's see if they did that. PFF. Boom. Oh, we got it. it. So we suckers. traded down twice. And now we got options. Let's see what the board looks like now after we missed out on some of those guys. All right. All right. They're trying to shove Tanner McKee down our throat. Yeah, we don't want that. We don't want no. that. Keep going down. You know, Osiris Torrance, he's a stud guard, man. He would be outstanding. I think we got to go Josh Downs or Tyreek Stevenson. I think we got to go corner or we got to go wide receiver here. Just looking right. at the way this board has fallen. If you want to go Emmanuel Forbes instead of Tyreek Stevenson, I got no problem with that. I did want a defensive lineman here, first and foremost, as per our discussion. I'm not seeing anybody who's jumping out at me just for value's sake. So it's between Stevenson or Downs. I mean, I'm the one with the draft crush on Downs. I think you love Stevenson. So, I mean, I don't know how we... This is Sophie's choice. You got the final call, man. I I I think both options would be fun. Don't think we can go wrong either way. I think because it's such a rich cornerback class, I think you go Josh Downs. And then we team him up with Justin Jefferson and TJ Hawkinson. That's the way I'm leaning. on offense. Joshua Downs. Punch it. Now, this is where it gets fun here, Sam. No, we don't have a second-round pick still, even after trading back twice. But watch. We're going to have bang, 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 bang picks here in the third, fourth round. And this is where hopefully we can take advantage of that cornerback class. Darius Rush. Here we are sitting at pick 80, sitting on the board. He was outstanding at the Senior Bowl. In fact, a lot of people thought he looked better than his teammate, Cam Smith from South Carolina. I think Darius Rush is very tempting here. Get that cornerback, first cornerback in the room. Who else is kind of jumping out at you here, Sam? Yeah, well, I I do notice that Cody Mauk Mm -hmm. is available, and I've seen him occasionally mocked in the first round. Uh, That's kind of interesting, but I think we can wait. I think we can wait on that. So I I agree. Well, here's the other thing, too. Keep going down mm-hmm. just a little bit here, Sam. I just want to show you. There's another cornerback that I love, Clark Phillips from Utah, and even Hendon Hooker's sitting there. Jalen Jones, cornerback from Texas A&M. Uh, Bennett from Maryland. Just a prime example of how many corners are there. If you want Cody Mauk and you want to feel better about our offensive line, go take Cody Mauk. That's fine. And then I'm going to force you to take a cornerback coming back. I, I think that we pick seven from now. I think we can wait on Malk. I think that uh, okay. I, I don't have strong opinions, so I'm going to go Darius Rush, I SEC like guy. I like um, let's, let's quick just look at his little measurables here. So he's uh, 6'2", 200. All right. I like the size. 22 years old. Great senior bowl week. Loved him. Stock was rising. All right. Did All right, the boy so go? Now, Cody Malk still there? Now, my theory is that they can move Malk to guard the way the Bengals moved Cordell Volson to guard. I think Cody Mauk can be an interior guy. Um, and if not, he's, you know, he'll be a, maybe a tackle prospect you can mold and shape. But 
I, I'm going to take him. This is my, this is Sam flexing his muscles here. He's going to take the North Dakota State kid. No, I like it. Great senior bowl week. And what he impressed the most with, two down in Mobile, played tackle. And that's where he played. He played left tackle at North Dakota State his entire career. But he looked good at guard and even got some reps at center. Now, three picks later because of those two trade downs, we got another pick. Sam, Hendon Hooker staring at you right in the face. Are you telling me at pick 90, you're not willing to take a quarterback of Hendon, Hendon Hooker's Hooker? pedigree? Or do I take a nice little uh, running back, Hendry Miller? Nope, Hendon Hooker. That's my guy. I trust you. I like him too. Um, you Don't know, you feel they, a lot better about him in the third round versus pick 23, though? Oh, yeah. I think there's upside there. Is, is this, uh, do you know if his injury is going to be healed up by training camp? Is this a situation where he misses? It's going to be right on the bubble. Injured in week, what was that? nine or ten of Late the college season. season ACLs though don't take quite as long as they used to it seems like maybe a nine ten. but you don't need to rush him I mean no. I don't know what's gonna happen with Nick Mullins but you know now you got a young guy in place behind Kirk Cousins that you can start molding all right another pick here we got back to back 119 and 120 see how fun this is when you trade back twice I mean you just got take advantage of a deep class of some of these positions later on Kai Blue Kelly Remember, that's yes. Brian Kelly's son from Stanford. Like the NFL genes, DJ Turner, another – I'm not opposed to double dipping at cornerback, but I understand there's more pressing needs. You got your own lineman. You got your receiver. How about maybe linebacker or defensive lineman? If not, I'd yeah. say double dip on corner. Um, who we got back-to-back back here, though. We haven't taken defensive line at all, have we? No. Okay. That Yeah, that, that feels like an oversight and mm – -hmm probably should get on that yeah now again i don't know a ton about well, i would DeAndre say coburn. let me help you out coburn okay. from texas or byron young from alabama probably your top two options i don't know zach pickens from south carolina that much to be honest so i can't speak to him quite yet i, I can't know byron trust the guy with two c's in his name when his name is z-a-c-c no, -C. i mean that no. I, I can't red flag him. huge red flag yep huge red flag all right byron young yep like Alabama, it. Nick Saban pedigree. There we go. Now back to back. Do we want to scoot down here a little bit? Trey Palmer, a lot of people loved. Here's uh, Yosevis, Andre Yosevis, yeah. the uh, Princeton height wide weight, receiver. Heightweight speed guy. Might run the four twos on the track team at Princeton. Kai Blue Kelly, I like. Keep going down a little bit. I, yeah, I'd probably rather double dip on corner and go with Kai Blue Kelly, but let's see, let's see what yeah. else we have going here. Ooh, Owen one. Papo. Oh, yeah, that's, that's, that's a guy, guy later like. on if he's there. Yeah. Pick 129, maybe. I think he will be. Yeah. All right. Riley Moss, cornerback from Iowa. Pretty solid. I think, yeah, I think you double dip. Go I'm take whatever Kelly. corner you like. DJ Turner, Kai Blue Kelly. Can't go wrong. Either one. Yeah, I'm going Kelly. I like it. All right. Nine picks later. We got Zach two Evans, running back, Mississippi. Tyler Steen, tackle from Alabama. Oh, we lost Yosevis. We yeah, lost Yosevis to gone. Jim Harbaugh. Harbaugh gets the best guys. Andrew Voorhees, another guard from USC. A lot of good offensive linemen. Blake Freeland, the big tackle from BYU, still sitting here. How about I Papo? like Cody Mock, but man, there's a lot of good yeah. depth here on offensive line. Owen Papo's my guy. Bruce Feldman, freak list. Strong, fast, versatile. Team captain at SEC Auburn. Like, what more do you want yeah. from a leadership like this is, standpoint? This is the guy that's, this is a guy built for modern NFL. Definitely. He's going to be able to cover right away. Mm -hmm. um, a little bit so, short, six foot two. I don't know yeah. about the big Michael Mayer tight ends up the seam, the Travis Kelsey's up the seam, but I think athletically you pair him up to Brian Asamoah. Brian Flores has a ton of fun options mm -hmm. in that linebacker core. Okay. I, I'm obviously biased to the guys that I've researched, but Owen Papo is my, that's my dude. 
I like it. All right, last pick here coming up, then we'll get out of here. So this is fifth round now, 160 probably, yeah. like in the comp in the comp region. Actually, yeah. no, round five, pick 24. Okay, so oh, okay. kind of Deuce Vaughn, there. Kansas State, great running back. Wouldn't mind getting a fifth round back to kind of put in that stable if you lose Dalvin, which I think you do. Oh, Julius Brents? Oh, do we triple oh, we down on corner? A corner, though. You know I love him. You know I love him. Patrick I don't. Peterson. I don't get that one. I don't Patrick. get how he's still on the board at, in the fifth round. Well, Sam, there's that many good cornerbacks this year, and sure he'll rise. He'll rise. But Tariq Woolen, remember, ran a four-two-six, yep. and it was six foot three and a half. He didn't go till the fifth round either. So I, I mean, you never know on draft night. As ridiculous as some of these seem, you never know. I'm trying to find a gopher. Are there any? Ah, Ibrahim. Should I take Ibrahim? It's my no. call. No, no, no. All right, make your pick. Let's get out of here. Who's your Mr. <laughs> Irrelevant? You want Ibrahim? Go ahead. I think he's honestly going to go undrafted on draft night, but that's fine. You just like attacked me there, man. I feel, I feel attacked. Judged. I just a one word answer. I said, no, <laughs> Julius Brands. You don't have to go corner, but Julius Brands is just so tempting here. I, I'm always down for a day three running back. Maybe another wide receiver. I mean, KJ Osborne, he's going to be a free agent next year. Adam Thielen, maybe gone. I, I wish, gosh, this is hard because I love Brent. I mean, Brents is my guy. I feel a little foolish taking three of them, but yeah. I guess you can't really take too many when you're at this stage in the draft. So, um, I mean, if I'm going to get, you know, ridiculed for taking Mo Ibrahim, I guess I'll take Julius Brents. Good pick. That was smart. Okay. Let's just, just super quick recap this here as these last 90 picks go off the board. It all started with the trade back. Had we actually picked at 23, you were leaning who? Banks or who was the other one? Oh, Carter. Banks or Carter? I probably would have gone Carter because I think there would have been more value at corner later on as there was. So think about if you went Carter and then didn't have any of those extra picks, how you would feel sitting here right now. Now, obviously, you probably like Carter more than Downs, maybe a little bit. I don't know if you do or not. But the option of trading back, and we traded back twice, probably unrealistic on draft night for Kwesi, but these extra picks in these middle rounds, in this draft with the Vikings' needs at corner specifically, just come up so huge every time we do one of these draft simulations. And I just think this draft top to bottom would be it says a B plus, I think it'd be an A plus, and I think it would be a huge home run draft for Quasi on draft weekend. Look at you get three solid cornerbacks. You got Hendon Hooker, a quarterback to develop, likely gone, being realistic. But even if you took Hendon Hooker out, Cody Mock, now you got a developmental versatile tackle behind Blake Brandell, behind Ed Ingram. I don't know, maybe they try him at center. You got options though. And Josh Downs, man, as this draft inches closer and closer, Josh Downs is gonna be a highly debated, highly talked about wide receiver. Mm -hmm. Just because he's short doesn't mean he can't go up and get it. He's very exciting. I think that's a lot of fun right there. What do you think? Yeah, I think these grades are kind of hilarious. Like, yeah, they're all over the map. They're supposed to, yeah, they're supposed to love quarterbacks because that's such mm -hmm. a high positional value, but then they give Hendon Hooker a C plus and they uh, they give Josh Downs a C grade, but they never give anything worse than a C. So I don't know. It's uh I try not to look too hard at the grades and more about the players. And I feel like we've addressed your weakness, which is mm -hmm. defense pretty adequately, but you've also made your offense more explosive and you have a couple developmental pieces for the future with Mauk hooker. Um, and then, you know, Byron young could be the wild card who actually plays the most right away. Like, I think you've got something for now, something for later, both sides of the ball. I, I, I love this draft that we put together. This is great. 
Yeah, you guys gotta go comment on the YouTube channel and let us know what you think. Maybe what you would have done differently. Do you like the trade downs? Was somebody we just completely missed and whiffed on? What do you think? Take a screenshot of that, Sam. We'll plug that in and mm -hmm. tag that. The tweet later on today with the show link in there. But there you have it. One of my favorite exercises just gives us an idea how the board may fall on draft weekend and which direction the Vikings could go pending who's available and of course which needs haven't been met yet obviously in free agency but well done sam i think you get to keep your job for another day oh thank you uh i needed your help pretty badly there so i appreciate that i'm still a little bitter about ibrahim who got i wonder who got him they're he, probably he, gonna have a, a star no, sam, here's the best part i think you can give him a ring with the local connection i think he i don't think he went sam i think you can get him in the udfa why don't you I, give priority free agent why don't you give him a i ring disagree here? i think he goes i think he goes man i think okay. that's a perfect that's a because it's a perfect back because you're you don't sign back a little bias here he's no, perfect no, 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 no. I, I probably work too much with ron johnson but because you probably know you're not going to sign him to like a long-term contract in four years chew him up for four years he's shown he can handle a huge workload he runs super hard he's the perfect guy to have for four years I have no hate on Mo. I love the kid. And I think everything you said is completely right. The thing you're forgetting, Sam, there's about 25 of those running backs mm -hmm. in this class, just like there is every year. We'll see what and happens. He's old. I think he's old. I, I smell a side bet coming. We'll see what happens. And I could be wrong. I hope the guy does get drafted. But if he doesn't, I think he definitely tags up with some team as a priority free agent. And I think he has a solid four or five year career in the league. I really do. But that's a wrap today. Remember, like, rate, review, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Join us every day for another episode of The Football Party, your one-stop shop breakdown of everything Minnesota Vikings. We're a podcast, too, free and available. All platforms, subscribe, drop us that five-star review, and find us now streaming on your Roku and Amazon Fire Stick devices. Just look out for our Locked On Sports Minnesota app there as well. That's the man, Sam Ekstrom, on Twitter, at Sam Ekstrom. Check him out every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, co-host of the Ron Johnson Show. Thanks for tuning in to the football party, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota Network. We're back tomorrow with the mailbag edition. Hopefully Reggie Wilson joining us from CARE 11 on the football party. But until then, I'm Luke Inman on Twitter, at Luke underscore Spinman. Signing out. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.